to the jolt. jolt. This is the jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. Okay, so the first thing you need to know about Laverne Cox, she's got bangs now. I'm feeling the bangs. Thank you. We have bangs for the day at least. We'll see. I like to mix it up. Are know. those clips? No. There's a lot of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> As Wendy um, Raquel um, just said on Wendy Williams last week, she's like, it's a little bit of everything. Well, it's, <laughs> it's working. I've never seen you with the bangs. I love. Oh, thank you. I love, I love. You're listening to Sirius XM Al-Q. I'm Larry Flick, and our dear old friend Laverne Cox has entered the studio. We have been talking for a minute, haven't we? Uh, since 2008. It's um, been a while. Since way back in the Dizzy. In the Dizzy. In the Diddy Dizzy. Right? Oh, oh my, my goodness. I actually, um, a friend of mine had not seen it, and we were hanging out, and, and, and he was like, you don't really, you don't really talk about that show, and I'm like, I feel like I talk about it all the time, but I guess I really talked about it with him, and so we started watching an episode of I Want to Work for Diddy, and it was like, oh my god, it was, I was a lifetime ago. That was a funny show. You know what was funny about it? She's gonna totally crack me now. The sensible shoes you wore when you were running around town. Because <laughs> I'm a sensible kind of girl. Oh you know? my gosh, she wore sensible shoes because she knew she was gonna be on foot. Well, you know. It was good. It was good. So, of course, you know Laverne Cox from uh, many things, obviously. The new season of Orange is the New Black on Netflix. And um, this is a big season for Sophia. Yeah. Have you Have you? Yes, you finished? Honey. Yes, Gaga. Okay, so now we can go. Yes, in. I, I, I mean, like yes. the audience, everybody in the audience hasn't probably seen it. I know, it, so we're yeah. not going to ruin it. We're not going to ruin it. But, but, yeah, this was. It's all about episode 12, girl. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Um, it's kind of about episode 12. I am so, when I got this script, when I saw the script for that episode, I just, I, I, was, in, I was in tears. And I was, it was so triggering for me in such a real way. That's a, an issue for me that I talk a lot about. And um, to see it on the page was really intense. I was, I was, I was in tears. And the I, was one scared. Thing, I was scared out of my mind. The one thing we will say, because we really don't want to plot spoil, is that, is that Sophia is... Um, is on the receiving end of uh, pretty severe bias. Yeah. Hate. Absolutely. And um, and I really don't want to spoil it because when people spoil plot for me, I get violent. Absolutely. And Because um, I love my shows. Amen. Um, but as I was watching it, it made me feel sick. Yeah. The whole season, Sophia's story this season made me nauseous. Mm. Why? In what way? I, it was just a little too, a little too real. We got to get real, you know. No, I know, it's but like, it was it was good. I don't mean in a negative way, but um, I I was it, it made me nauseous, but it also made me excited because I feel like not that you haven't been given good material the previous seasons, but I feel like this is the season where Genji, the mastermind of this piece, and she's so brilliant, said, "Okay, Laverne has earned her stripes." We're ready to go full tilt yeah. with her and her character. And that kind of bias is really real, and it's really real for um, trans people who are incarcerated. And it's, I, I'm, you know, I was nervous about it because I don't want to, I mean, because it was so deeply triggering for me to read it and then to play it. 
I was literally talking to my brother about it at one of those scenes, and he was like, I can't. Oh, my God, my brother. Thank you, my cry right now thinking about my brother watching that um he he was like it just he made him sick too and it just and when it when it, we were doing it it was so it was just really scary and I did but I was like I have to go there I have to go all the way because this is so much bigger than me and it is a wonderful gift to get a script where we and this is a lesson this is a lesson for me for the rest of my career I think to whenever I get something that it's always bigger than me that there's always there's so many trans people who've gone through this, who, trans people who are incarcerated now, trans people who are not incarcerated who've gone through similar things, that this story has to be told in a way where we really feel it and get it and and even though it's difficult, um, be able to live through it. So I, it was, it was I, I felt like I got out of the way in a way that I never have before with this episode where it was just like stuff was happening and I didn't even... I wasn't in control. Like something was being channeled through me, and it's that's the gift as an actress when you can have that happen. But yeah, it's intense. <laughs> it's very, very intense, and it's and it's it's the climax, the explosion from a season where um, I almost feel like we're watching Sophia come of a of a different age. I feel like yeah. the the moments between her and her son. Yeah. are very powerful. Um, the tension between Sophia and Gloria. Oh, my God. Um, Can we just talk about Selena Sleva, who plays Gloria? And, like, I've been wanting, I mean, I've been wanting to talk about this for a year. I was so blown away, and I was I was watching, I'm on episode 11. I remember just, because I would, I would stop shooting, and then I would just go and watch in the monitor. Yeah. There's this, Selena's and, and Kate, and, I mean, I just, honestly, everybody, like, every, I just had so many scenes with Gloria, with um, Selena's this last season. They're so, these women are powerhouses. Yeah. It's like these women are no joke. They are, and I just feel so honored to get to be in a cast with all these amazing actresses who just are not playing. <laughs> they're not season. playing. No. They never are playing, no. but they're not playing even tenfold this season. Absolutely. So how did, um, how did getting nominated for an Emmy change your confidence as an actress? <laughs> I felt, I mean, I think the funny thing is I think a lot of people experience this. I was like, oh, my God, do I deserve this? Oh, my God, I have to really step up my game now. <laughs> I like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really honored because I feel like the Emmy nomination was not about, a lot of people talk about me being trans and, and that's, that's fine, but I don't think it was about that. I don't think they just give Emmy nominations away to Not people. Not usually. And so I was like, the work was, and I've worked really hard at being at being good at what I do. I'm seriously committed to being a good actress and, and always getting better. And it was just amazing validation for, I mean, that, the episode I was nominated for, I mean, Jodie Foster directed that and Sean Hedder wrote it. And and so the direction and the script and and this, just the story itself and, and Crystal um, played by, my who, my wife played by Tanya Right, and all of these things just came together because you really in film and TV you don't do it by yourself. So there's all these amazing. I just it. I just got very very lucky. Um, but I also I think about like when that when I got that script, I, I remember calling my brother and saying this is the this is the moment I've been waiting for my whole career. I've got to kill this. And to get an Emmy nomination is like okay, maybe I kind of killed it. <laughs> You know, someone, yeah. you know, it, it reached and moved some, it makes, moved a lot of people, actually, which is really, honestly, if you can tell my acting, current acting coach, Brad Calcaterra, says if you can touch just one person with your work, then you've done something. Do you feel like it announced to the world that you are not the product of stunt casting? 
you know, I had never thought of it that way. You know, I, I honestly, I just was so happy to have a job that like, that where I could really like, I, I've trained, I've trained with Brad for five years now. I worked with Susan Batson and anyone who knows Susan Batson for like five years before that. And I've still had very serious training. And Susan is like, and Brad, these are hardcore acting coaches who are really about digging deep to go into the truth and speak the truth of your own experience so you can give that to character. And and so I've done all this really intense training. And so I've been working to have a work material like I've got on Orange is the New Black. So I'm just so grateful that I get to show the world like what I've been working on and 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 how how human this, how human Sophia is. I mean, I think what Susan Batson would say, you, the goal of the actor is to create a walking, talking human being, someone who is, um, has flaws, someone who is deeply complicated and multidimensional and that people can relate to no matter what they've done, no matter what their circumstances are, that you should be able to move people and touch people. And so it's really a testament to the amazing teachers I've had and certainly I've worked my, my tushy off. Um, but it's a testament. I've been very bl- blessed to train with amazing people and work with incredible people. So Vernon Cox joining us on Sirius XM Akiva. I'm Larry Flick. Of course, you know, Orange is the New Black, third season on Netflix. Um, how has working with a coach put you in deeper touch with yourself as a woman? With an acting coach, mm-hmm. oh my god! I think it's changed my life and it saved my life. I before, I mean, I start when I started transitioning. I, I, it's you required to go into um, therapy. I didn't think I needed therapy. I thought I'm a smart girl. I, you know, I have my college degree, and I was like, I thought I could intellectualize my way into um, health and well being. But the intellectual piece is important. But then when I started acting and really studying seriously with Susan and, and Roberta Wallach was one of my teachers there. Eli Wallach's um, um, daughter and I really she was like therapy because stuff all this stuff was coming up in my training um we do a lot of sense memory work with Susan all this t- intense trauma that I, childhood trauma I had not dealt with and so it was like I and Roberta was like therapy girl <laughs> and and I'll so bet. I so I was like so I needed the therapy to support all of these places I was going to in the acting so that I could and Brad my current coach calls it and really the work I did with Susan was crucial, but the work I've done with Brad over the past five years, he started a class called Act Out for LGBTQ actors specifically to work on um, the stuff that we deal with specifically. He he had started he started this class five years ago when there was a, um there was publicized the string of LGBTQ suicides. We've always had a high rate of LGBTQ suicides, but five years ago people were talking about it more after um, Tyler Clemente. And he started this class because he, as a as a, as a gay identified man himself, he had never been in an acting class for 30, over thirty years where he got to do a same sex scene. Right. Where he got to like be in the truth of who he is as a gay man. And so he wanted to give that to his students. And so we go in and we talk about being being trans. And I, and I think like I've always owned I haven't always owned being trans. Let's keep it real. Um, it's taken me many years to fully own and accept who I am. And the work I've done with Brad over the past five years has really helped me make so much peace with with who I am, with my imperfections, with uh, my history that is crucial for me to be able to get a script and have a character who's going, who may be going through something really intense. And if I don't want to go there, if I don't want to go there in myself, I'm not going to be able to go there with the character. And so um, this acting tr- um, process has been crucial for me to like heal. Act, uh, art for me has been deeply, deeply healing my entire life. I started out as a dancer and I'm so grateful that I still have uh, art and creative expression in my life. So do you also feel like you have 
effectively communicated to people that while you are down for being an advocate, that that's not your first mission, that your first mission is to be an actor? I don't know what other, I, I, that is something I'm very clear about and I, and I say it all the time, but I don't know if other people are clear about that. I, I, I think what I've, what I've learned over the past couple of years is that I, I mean, my, this character that I play, my presence in, in media means so much to so many different people for so many different reasons. And, um, However anyone connects to me, I think is is valid. And I'm just, I feel so grateful that anyone wants to connect to me because of my work as an actress, because there's a lot of people who come, I've been doing this college lecture tour for two years. A lot of people come to the lecture because they know my work as an advocate and they haven't even seen Orange is the New Black. So um, however they come, I, I'm like, just come on. And, and if there's lots of love there and there's been so much love, I'm really, really grateful for it. But I know that what's been, I've been saying, I've been talking about the same stuff for many, many years, but now because of my work as an actress, I have a platform to, um, that we're, so people are all of a sudden listening. So it is my acting that's gotten, given me this platform, so it is my acting that I must take care of. So Vernon Cox with us, Sirius XM I'm Larry Flick. So we've known each other a long time. Yeah. We've already established that. And... Um, there are times when we've come together when you're like today you're you, you're filled with energy, mm-hmm. and then there have been times when you've been beat down, bone tired. Yes. Uh, in fact, yes. I think the last time we saw each other, you were like, <clears throat> oh yeah, on the edge of seventeen, as I would call it. Yeah. Um, and to me, that comes from being, um, sort of a, a psychological sponge, I call it, where you just kind of like soak it all up. And then you squeeze out the parts that you need to let go for other people. You're soaking everybody up. Mm-hmm. Last time you were here, you were here with a whole bunch of young trans yes. women and men. And that makes you a vessel. That makes you um, more than an actor. Yes. How do you navigate on the days when you just want to be Laverne and not, in quotation marks, Laverne Cox. It's I'm figuring it out, and it's on the job training. And I and I've I've I said earlier this year, this is gonna be the year of Laverne. I'm gonna try because last year was so amazing and so incredible. I mean, like an Emmy nomination, cover Time Magazine, Glamour Woman of the Year. I mean, it it, it goes on. It's an, and I was just like, I need more time for me. I need because you have to take care of yourself first, or you have nothing left for other people. And I, I that's still a challenge for me. I love working. I've worked really hard for a really long time to be able to work. It's like you work to work. So it's like all these amazing opportunities have come. And so I've said yes to a lot of things. And we've because I've been so busy, I've had to say no to even more things. And so finding time just to relax and just to sleep. Saturday I had a day off and a bunch of the girls got together um, at Uzo's place to watch the um, third season. And I just needed to be alone. I needed to have... I need time to be private time to replenish. And I haven't I haven't had that. I haven't had to I've been on the road constantly, I've been traveling like crazy, and I desperately need time alone, not away from everyone to just get back to me to rest. I literally fell in and out of sleep. I was just there physical I physical exhaustion is real. Like just being so depleted physically and emotionally. Like there's sometimes I felt like I'm going to drop because I've been working so hard. So I have to to do a better job at taking care of myself. Um, I've been eating better. That's like that's, that helps so much with energy. But it's I need sleep and I need time alone. And um, I, we're, I'm working on that with my schedule and stuff. How do you how do you um handle the days when 
no matter how poetic you find the words to communicate that, people are always going to think it's shade. That, that I'm th throwing shade? Yeah, well, that they're going to think, she's not available, shady. Uh, you know, I can't, we, uh, some, uh, your friend of mine says, what other people think of me is none of my business. And, I mean, it's weird in my business because, you know, perception can sometimes become reality. But, I mean, I can't, I, there's just only so much I can do. And I have to be real with that with myself. And if people don't understand, um, I can't control that. There's just so many, there's only so many things I can control. So I can speak the truth about what's going on. Um, like, if people saw my schedule, they would gag. It's like so many people ask me, how do I do it? And I don't even know how, how I do it sometimes. But I, what I do know is that there, I, I have a higher power. And sometimes I just pray. I'm like, God, get me through this day. I'm meditating again. Um, and, I, and I get through. But there's only so much, right? Like, I, you know, um, I, ha I, need, I, need a, I need time to breathe. If people think it's shade, I, that's, not my, that's not my concern. It really isn't. I just have to live in my truth. So we uh, just saw you on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, there's a lot of conversation about the transformation of America. And mm -hmm. obviously there's a, another uh, cover girl yes. out there. Yes. Um, and I know that there's nothing but love. I'm not digging for shade because I could feel the truth. Yes. But how do you navigate the fact that some people think that this is a a flavor, a trend, a moment in time, as opposed to a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think time will tell, and I think it's always problematic when anyone's a trend, like any marginalized group is trending now. I think that's deeply problematic because, th because then trends always go. They come and they go. I hope, I think time will tell, but I hope this is a moment when people are really... Um, challenging themselves to think differently about um, gender, to think, different, to think differently about what it means to be a man or a woman and what authenticity is. And I know a lot of people, in fact, if you just look at my Twitter feed, a lot of people are having some really intense debates and arguments about that. Um, I should say my Instagram. Oh, my God. People, I gag over people going in on a picture on Instagram. People go in. Um, there is, I think time will tell, but I think that, like, Hopefully, what what's been so moving is is how much love Caitlyn's received, how much love I've received over the past couple of years, and I think what I what I know is true about millennials is that I, millennials sniff in authenticity like that. There's they're, they're so savvy. They've grown up in a in a media culture like no other generation has, and when something doesn't feel authentic, authentic, they're like no. And so, so what, what I know a lot of people seem to be drawn to with me and with, and with trans folks in general is the, is, the, is the desire to be authentic, to live in one's truth. And this is a very difficult thing to do when people are often telling us that we should be doing this or should be doing that or should be living this way. It, it amazes me because I've like, you know, I, I think my choice, though, when I think about my own choice to be to be in the truth of who I am, the truth certainly has set me free, but it's not been easy, right? I worked in restaurants for many years, struggling to pay my rent, struggling to make ends meet, being harassed on the street. Just a few, you know, just last week, someone I was walking down the street and someone said, "That's a dude." You know, this is still a part of my reality, you know. Um, 
So to think about this, so there's consequences to making these choices. And a lot of people are not able to deal with those consequences. But the wonderful thing, it's been such a joyous thing for me to live in the truth and unabashedly in my truth. It, it is, it is the, for me, the best way to live. It's not always easy, but, um, I, but I'm making myself happy. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I'm sitting here looking at you and I'm about to turn 52. How old are you now, man? I'm over 21. Oh, okay, girl. So you're considerably younger than I am. And, um, and I remember when I was in the, the hurricane of my truth and what it was like, because I came out um, during the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And it was a very different time. Amen. And it was, it was a beautiful time, but it was act up. It was gender bending. It was reclaiming the word queer, reclaiming the word faggot, all of that stuff. Yeah. And I remember sitting with a bunch of my, a bunch of my best sisters at the time mm-hmm. and saying, what are we going to be like when we're old queens? <laughs> what are we going to see when we're a bunch of old hags balding, gray, looking around at all these young kids, what do we think we're going to see? And some of what we guessed happened and things that we could never have guessed, Mm. like you, have happened. Mm. So what does Laverne Cox as an old lady see? Because you're going to be an old lady, girl. God willing. No, you will be. And you know what? You you may find the young hair, but you're still going to be old lady. (laughs) Okay. I will find those bundles. Yes. Take, take, <laughs> take it. Take it from an old queen. You will become an old lady. Mm. What does What does Laverne Cox as an old lady feel like, and what does she hope to see? Hopefully, I'll feel forever twenty one. What's been wonderful about getting older, though, um, for me, is is that there is wisdom, and that there is a that there is a sense of. Um, clarity about who I am in a way that I didn't have when I was younger when I I mean when I get <laughs> like I'm so old um when I when I when I'm older I oh god I would love to see just people people like this gender binary model just being exploded so that like people can um choose really like how they want to identify and that might be different every day so that we're not enfor- enforcing this idea of like blue for boys and pink for girls that 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 um if someone no matter how someone is assigned at birth or identifies they can play with a doll or a truck um that we have public policies in place that um that the census actually counts transgender people so that we know how many transgender folks um exist in the world but then it's like it's just about um, we get rid of gender, gendered bathrooms. So this whole idea of binary bathrooms is gone. Um, part of that vision, too, is about um, racial justice. And like, as I think, because I'm, I'm also a black woman. And so what is this um, thing? What is a culture like that moves away from white supremacist ideals look like? A culture that really and truly celebrates um, everyone, um, no matter what they look like. Um, I just want to see like the end of white the white supremacy and the celebrating of um, all shades, really celebrating all shades and colors, and in a, in a systemic way. Um, yeah, those those are a few of the things. <laughs> it's fun though to think about it, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's even more fun to be on the other side and looking back. Yeah. So I wish we'll you. See. I wish you uh, lots of great visions from Thank the old you. lady chair. Thank you so much. From the old lady in the room. That's beautiful. Look for Laverne Cox on Orange is the New Black, season three. Actually, look at all the seasons. And prepare for episode 12, girl. You will need, you will need, 
snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and, I always need snacks. And a plushy toy to hold on to. To be continued, my darling? Yes. Stick around, there's more to come. Thank you. Jolt the Jolt. Jolt. This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ.